0: cup mommy sippy cup mommy sippy mommy
1: sippy mommy sippy cup hi welcome to the mommy sippy cup happy hour my name is andrea berkey and i'm here with two of my three best friends sunshine hopped and angela Hain, and we have our special guest with us again who i believe is going to be on our podcast little bit more hopefully carolyn shuffle Woo-hoo. that's Yay. the plan
2: <laughs> i love that you're here um Me too and i love it because i love when we do wine mm-hmm. and you give us all the great information yeah, we about it so much yep. yeah.
1: she even has a book called the wine bible oh, which no. i think yeah
3: who's it by it's it's by Karen McNeil mm-hmm. and I've actually tasted with her. Have you oh, really? Yes. She's another crazy red-headed wine drinker like me. Oh, <laughs> nice. But she's very smart. It's a really accessible book that, you know, you don't have to sit down and read it from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. You can uh, find the information you're looking for or information about the wine that you are drinking and and carry on from there. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a great book. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we are still going on with wines. We
1: are doing white wines this time around, and we all have like a fun little selection of wine, I think. So um, we're also going to talk for our mom talk. We're going to talk about little white lies and when um, children need intervention with lying, I think, is, like, is what we're going to talk about today. So, but first, we're going to start off with Miss Carolyn, and she's going to talk about her
3: lovely wine. Um, I have a Chenin Blanc from South Africa today. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the coastal region of South Africa. Um, it's an inexpensive wine. I believe it's less than $10 a bottle, but it was given to me. So, but it, they make large quantities of it. Um, Chenin Blanc does really well in South Africa. Um, South African wines were not really well known in the U.S. until uh, after Nelson Mandela became president of South Africa and the trade restrictions from the easing of apartheid started to go away. So they've been making wine there for a very long time. We just didn't get it in the U.S. I didn't even know that you could get wine from South Africa. Like I had no idea.
2: Yeah. Oh, but don't – okay. So you maybe – oh, you weren't with us. That's why you don't remember. No. Um, but Angela <laughs> should remember in – so my favorite place I've ever had South African wine was in Venice, Italy <laughs> oh. <laughs> because we found a South Ac- African restaurant <gasps> oh. and they talked us into appetizers and wine oh. I didn't and know. To it was do that utterly night. delightful. I think that was Mike's favorite place, I feel like. Yeah. He really liked it we there. We did yes. end up going back there. We went back. Yes.
1: But it was really busy and it was a different experience. It was. It was. But yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Alright, let's give this bad boy a try. Ooh, it smells bright and oh, grapey. It does.
3: There's lots of grapeiness. It smells It's known to be peachy, citrusy, very fruity. Wow, that's really Have a little, acidic. Bit of, little bit of snap, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That's my kind of wine. Mm-hmm. I like these. There's something else that I'm tasting, but
3: I can't quite it's like almost floral. Could be floral. I mean I've I've heard honeysuckle referred to with this. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it tastes like—a like honeysuckle. And it also has a, to me, a creamy quality. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I say, I don't,
3: I don't understand creamy. Expr- explain to me what creamy is. Um, well, it's more textural, but if you imagine that there was like a little bit of ice cream in the middle of this glass of wine, so you're having the snappy part around a little bit of
0: ice cream—that oh. that describes it to me. Okay, now I understand that. And that's I- kind of cool. I feel like it reminds me of a champagne, just without the bubbles. Got that undertone to me, like a champagne oh. taste. Oh,
3: well, it does have that sort of snappiness to mm-hmm, it. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm def- I definitely get a lot of a lot of citrus.
3: It's 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 almost
1: lemon. Very it's,
2: for me very, it's very very lemon forward, mm-hmm. and then there's got to be some floral undertones yeah, like that, that, are that make the little bit of bitter with a
1: mm-hmm.
2: with the citrusy.
1: That's an interesting combination. You know, I could like have this with. Like, I could cook with this. Oh, and absolutely. This would be really yummy to make a really yummy lemon butter kind of sauce to put on, like, fish or something like that. It's,
3: it's great with fish. This was my summer wine this past mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can like,
2: see that. Yeah. And this is um, something very similar is what Ken used the last time he did, the um, mussels in wine sauce. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This would be great that. It was a that,
2: beautiful yeah. wine sauce with... Jalapenos and bacon.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like that.
0: <laughs> um, I'm just thinking South African wines again. Aardvark has, I think, South African, the place kind of
2: across from schreiber oh, yeah. There,
0: pretty sure I tried some African wines there. We, we should do that. Mm-hmm. We should do that.
2: I haven't, mm-hmm. I don't think I've been there. They're, they're pricey fun. to me. I don't know, something about it annoys me a little bit. Oh, but I still want to go. I want to go it's with you experience. guys for an yeah. experience. Mm-hmm.
3: They specialize in New World wines.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Um, so they've got they've got a lot of things that are a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but it's it's fun to try. That's
0: interesting. And you can get a room. I know you can get like just a like a private tasting room too. Yeah. If you don't want to be part of the main group.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do that one day. So I'm doing a wine next. <laughs> this one's from Captain's Walk Winery. I don't know how I came about getting this. It either was part of the package that I have that's part of the, like, the... The welcome the, package? The, well, the, the the the
2: club. Yeah, the welcome package yeah. for the club. Yeah. Because it was like, here's your four-pack right. to mm-hmm. welcome for, you know, for joining. Yes.
1: And I think that's where I got it. Because I normally don't buy myself white wine. So yeah. it was like, huh, I have this. <laughs> I don't know how I got it. Either it was a gift or I got it through my membership. But this one is Captain's Walk Wineries Bella
3: Blanc. And is it Lodi? Lodi. 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 Where is that? It's in California. Okay. Um, It's not one of the premier wine regions, but they do have lots of vines there. And a lot of decent wine comes out of that region. Very nice. Well, this Bella Blanc is a small batch.
1: Um, It's a barrel-aged blend exuding layers of flavor, juicy apple, peach, honey, butterscotch, and vanilla. It's supple and full-bodied. There's just not enough room in your glass for this one, apparently. So,
0: (laughs) What intrigued me when you were showing us bottles, I'm like, ooh, small batch. That sounds fun. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, It's 70%
1: Chardonnay, 30% Sauvignon Blanc. Um, The cellar life for this is two to three years apparently. And it has a 0% residual sweetness. I don't know what that means. Explain to me what residual sweetness is.
3: Um, It's just leftover sugar. Oh, okay. When they make wine, of course, yeasts eat the sugar and – you know, they eat it up, and that's what makes the alcohol. So if there's leftover sh- residual sugar, that's what that is. Oh. And sometimes they plan for it, and they stop the uh, fermentation process. And sometimes the alcohol gets so high that it stops the fermentation process because the yeast can only take a certain amount of alcohol before it kills it.
1: Oh, Wow. Well, this is actually not bad. I really like Definitely this. Definitely not sweet. It's not sweet, but it's sweeter than what I was expecting. Mm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I really taste the butterscotch.
3: I get a hint of cinnamon. Cinnamon. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and I, I tasted it twice and I thought, where am I getting the cinnamon?
0: But I looked at it and it's barrel aged. Uh, okay. Why is there such a difference? Like maybe I, I kind of feel like it's all in my head, but to me, now that I have discovered I like red wines... To me, there's such a significant difference in taste between the red and the white. Mm -hmm. But it's all grapes. Why is there such a significant taste difference? Well,
3: they're made a little differently, first of all. And secondly, I mean, you know, think about um, two different kinds of apples. Yeah, You know, they can taste significantly different. A Granny Smith and then, you know, a a Gala apple taste quite a bit different. So even though they're made from wine grapes, and then – the decisions that winemakers make and the way that they grow them they all it all has an effect on the final product. Hmm.
2: I actually like this. This is really good. It's, it's a fun one. Mhm. I like the it, it's got a, a little bit of complexity mm. to it and mm-hmm. I think
3: I think
1: it's Lots the, of different the barrel
2: aging. Okay, okay, so
1: now that I've like had it like sit for a bit, I took another sip. I tasted the cinnamon. That was interesting. It was just kind of like a very light but, yeah. It, it surprised me. Mm-hmm. I got the cinnamon, and I also got something else, and I'm trying to place it. I think I'm getting the apple.
2: The apple and butterscotch, definitely.
3: I'm getting the vanilla. Well, you know, the, the tastes that come oh, the vanilla, from the barrel are, they often call them baking spices.
2: Oh. Oh,
0: that's cool. That makes sense. I do like barrel-aged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me
2: too. I I do too, and I do taste a little, like a baking spice because I was mm-hmm. trying to think of. I know there's no residual sugar, but I still yeah. taste like a cinnamon sugar. See, it's nut- yeah, it's like, a, like a yeah. Pie. nutmeg. Nutmeg is Just, what I'm uh, tasting. The tiniest, tiniest hint. Mm-hmm. But baking
3: spices is a. It's a great clue that it's been in a barrel. Sometimes you'll see a wine on the shelf, and it doesn't say if it's been in a barrel or not. And I particularly noticed this with Chardonnay. I prefer the un-oaked Chardonnays, and if it says butterscotch, vanilla, any of those baking spices, then you know it's been in a barrel. Oh, mm. okay. That's kind of good, because I like barrel-age stuff, mm-hmm. so. Thank you, Carolyn, for all that info. Oh,
1: this one's fun. Okay, so Miss Angela, you're, you're holding a very pretty
0: bottle with a label that says <laughs> Maid of Honor on it. <laughs> Yes, um this is courtesy of my sister-in-law, Lisa. Um I was maid of honor at their wedding um 4 years ago. Uh <laughs> I, was I, I cannot believe it's been that long. I, I know. know. Yep, they just celebrated on August 7th their 4 year anniversary, but <clears throat> she put a very nice thing. I don't need to read her little cute message to me, but it was very sweet. Um but this is a, a Cabot Collection Pinot Grigio, which happens to be her favorite wine. Um, and it says, This refreshing Pinot Grigio originates in vineyards located at the foothills of northern Italy's spectacular Alps, home of some of the world's finest Pinot Grigio. With over a half a century of winemaking expertise... And a passion for quality, Cabot proudly presents this remarkably versatile wine. Elegant, crisp, and refreshing with a delicate floral aroma and flavors of citrus, apple, and pear, it is best enjoyed, well chilled, so good that we put it in the uh, freezer. Salute! (laughs) Salute! See, out of all the white wines, I like Pinot Grigio
1: the most, I think, for the most part. Hmm. That's, uh, um... Interesting.
3: (laughs) It's uh, four years old. <laughs> I would call it a little over the hill. A little yeah. over the hill. Yeah.
0: Aww. Yeah, well, we could still cook
3: with it, right? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Anything that you'd be willing to drink, yeah, you can you can cook with.
0: I don't hate it. It's just very mild, kind of boring. It's it's lost some of the
3: you know that snap that it should have the sure. you know and the. When a wine starts to fade, it, it tends to lose the high end and the low end. So you're, you're losing maybe a little bit of acidity in some of those bright fruits at the beginning and mm-hmm. then some of, you know, the, the base for the wine.
0: So Pinot Grigio, normally do you not want to age it? Is, it? is it best to drink dr- consumed <laughs> in the 1st place? like, it's, which drink do I say? That? Drink it's, drunk. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's best to be consumed.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you don't want to age it. Yeah. Okay. And Cabot is, they make
3: lots of that wine. Lots and lots of it. It's it's a very big producer in Italy. Okay, we've had one
0: actually. I'm gonna say it sounded familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it did sound familiar.
1: Uh, didn't we have a Cabot uh, Pinot Grigio sparkling wine? Is that does that make sense? I don't know. I think it's we possible. I think we might have because that sounds seems like it's familiar. We'll have to go back to into the archives and see and find out. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but yeah, this is. Um, I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it. No. It's just not as bright and fresh as yeah, as it probably Lost was. Lost flavor.
1: Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It would taste really good with mussels. Oh, there
3: yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. I was just uh, thinking it would be good in the soup. No. Oh, oh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can make ice cubes with it.
1: <laughs> <I>
3: <laughs> we were talking that. earlier about me freezing wine cubes to throw in cooking.
1: And I was thinking you just throw it into wine and then it would be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So our sweet our sweet sunshine's having a, a sneezing fit. And it's so adorable because she's like not making any noise, but her face is very bright red right
2: now. <laughs> trying not to make noise, but yeah, something hit me there.
1: Aww. So Miss Sunshine. What do we have in your cute little bottle? You have to
2: describe that bottle to us. Well, I have paper bark, a white blend, um, but it has two koala bears and it's um, holding blue. holding hands on the front um, because it is an Australian wine blend. Um, and this I got as uh, so every once in a while uh, I order a mystery case of wine from Wine Insiders because. It's a really good deal, and they deliver to my doorstep. And it's fun. And it's fun. I love opening that case of wine and seeing what's in it and what I'm going to try next because you just never know what it is. And I'm a huge fan of Wine Insiders, by
1: the way. You were the one that introduced me to yeah, that. Yeah, they have just fun. They have fun wine. Yeah. And they have, like, deals where you can, like, they give you, like, a list of different types of wines, and you get, like, six for $40 or something like that. And you can pick, like, random wines
2: and things, and it's fun. And this one says, uh, so it's named, or uh, paperbark wines are as lovable as their namesake, an Australian tree with peeling bark, fluffy white flowers, and versatile sap used for candy, natural medicine, and perfume. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't actually say anything about the flavor profile. It
1: smells like a Chardonnay. Is that just me? Like It's got like a buttery smell.
2: I have not had enough Chardonnays to make it that determination. I agree. Oh, I hope it tastes good. It smells good. The, the The label is adorable. Ooh, it's sweeter than I expected,
1: and I kind of like it. Different than everything we've had mm. so
2: far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I do
1: like it. Yeah, so I definitely taste Chardonnay. What do you think? Is it?
3: Well, I think it's really soft. It's got a low acid profile. Mm. That, what's that look, <laughs> Caroline? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just don't know where to put it.
2: It's definitely It's not what I was expecting. To me, it seems a little watered down. Mm. Um, I would go along with that. I can see what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's a thinner. Uh, it's it, very soft. It's a, it's a yeah. But I get the buttery, creamy thing
1: a little bit. But it's like I taste a little Sauvignon Blanc in it. it I that's do too. Exactly yes. what I was just thinking. Yep. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and the kick, the the key for the Sauvignon Blanc for me is grassiness, and I get a little bit of that grassy, herbal. Thing going on, the very first sip I took, I thought basil, Ooh. which I know is a weird thing to think, but but that would be a, a hint to me that it's Sauvignon mm. Blanc, and it could have some Chardonnay because the texture doesn't really feel like Sauvignon Blanc to me. No, no, it's a it's like no, a buttery, it's cr- like yeah, something yeah. softening it, and so
1: rounder. Yeah. yeah, you know, it kind of reminds. It's not quite ice cream; it's more like a like a, a like a, a frozen yogurt. you know what i mean like you know what i mean like the creaminess it's there but it's kind of muted but i like it it
2: it is hard to describe though
3: Mm -hmm. does it have a
2: vintage on it
3: um let's
2: check this out 2016 Hmm.
3: so you know this one could be a little over the hill too
2: oh 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 so
1: we got some senior, See? we got some senior citizens,
3: yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. They're still, still useful, but not at their best.
0: <laughs> I don't uh, know. Uh, what, are, what are the wines that are best, like aged for a long period of time?
3: Well, generally for white wines, you want something that's been barrel aged um, because that just extends the life. But most white wines are meant to be drunk. Actually, most wines that come into the market in the U.S. are meant to be drunk the year that they come to the U.S. Okay. Um, The kind of wines that are good for aging are things like um, Bordeaux's and Cabernet Sauvignons and Merlot's. Which are rudder wines. Yeah. Yeah. And they're more intended for aging. Mm -hmm. Okay. A wine that I'll be bringing you at some point uh, is a Priorat wine, which is made with old vine Grenache. And something like that is created to last for a long time nice you know and then there are other wines that are fortified with more alcohol those are meant to be like port kept for like port exactly i love me some port exactly <laughs> sherry and Madeira. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: i have so, a 2010 though. bottle of wine in there somewhere that hey, probably should be sorry just made me think of the the port that when i ordered when i was down in milwaukee i, I asked for two different ports and i one of them was a Madeira. That they were advertising it as a port, yeah, Hmm.
3: because they didn't know any better. (laughs) They were lying to you. (laughs) But now these are general rules. Yeah, the the wine that you have from 2011, yeah, it might surprise us and be great.
1: Well, maybe we should do that. We should do like
3: hmm, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, actually, we probably should. I think yeah. we should. Yeah. But there there are always exceptions to the rules, which, mm-hmm. you know, makes it a little dicey to, you know, say this is how it always is because it isn't.
0: Nope. Mm-hmm. What about like I, I going through my pantry and looking at my wines today, I have like chocolate wine and like a chocolate raspberry wine, like how, will those stay okay for a little bit? I got those for you. Yeah, I <laughs> well, and I got I got some. I think I got one of them when we were up in Door County. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: but that that's been a few years. I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is it, should I not yeah. drink it? Is it? Have, well, I actually have
3: no idea.
2: Okay,
0: okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever Google tasted that.
2: a chocolate wine. So. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I feel like we've picked our next podcast. Yeah, like odd wines that we should. Are we, we, we going to die? Like the oldest <laughs> bottle of wine you've mm. got is questionable. Just bring that.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good idea.
2: Uh-huh. I'll have the least old of everyone because unlike you guys, I don't let them sit for quite that long. <laughs> <laughs> like a Aww. year or two usually is it. Mm, well, I
0: always <laughs> think I'm going to save it for a special occasion and then it just doesn't happen.
3: Well over 90% of the wines sold in the U.S. are drunk the day they're bought.
0: Oh wow!
1: Really? Yeah, I am way out of that. Time. I am so I. Well, look at my wine collection; it's huge
2: for mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. I
1: should probably
2: yep. do something about that. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Um. So when we do that, I'm gonna the, the bottle I brought. Um, yeah, it's that, that black cherry Ellen made. Mm-hmm. We're gonna because I don't think that's supposed to be aged that long. No, either. we need to drink so that let's, soon. Yeah.
1: Hey, let's do fun weird wine next, next week, next week. Yeah. like the chocolate wine, mm-hmm. the homemade stuff. Um, like something weird.
3: Yeah. The didn't weird you, thing. Did you say you had some Perry?
1: I do have Perry. We should do a cider one too. We have yeah. to do a cider wine too. Or I cider. would really like that. Ooh. All right. Okay, so this is the this is how it's gonna go. We're gonna do weird, random, strange wine mm-hmm. next week.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm in, except that I'm out Thursday through Sunday. <gasps> oh my god, where are you going? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> It's Minnesota somewhere. I can't remember. It's just one of
1: those trips where you just go and you don't know where you're going. Well, it's with I, I'm not the planner of right. that, in that group. So sunshine is the planner in our group. So she has, like, details of every vacation that we're ever going on. I she, love that. Yeah, she, she has the itinerary. She knows what day we're going to be in where and what we're going to be doing.
2: Yeah, it's a crazy extreme. So with this group, when we travel, I do a daily itinerary. And it's not meant to be a dictating thing. It's just a guide. So, you know, when our plane departs, when the connecting flights are, when we land, how much you should expect to pay for a cab if there's any rules for the cabs. Like in Bangkok, you only get them on the second level. Don't get them on the first level. My yeah. traveling partner is... <laughs> is mm. just like that Yeah, so i love that <laughs> name of the hotel how long it should take to get to the hotel check-in time Check-out time phone number of the hotel all of that i have itineraries and then i give everyone an online copy to of this to yes. make sure everyone so has one. it then there's my other group of friends <laughs> not even sure where we're going
1: mm-hmm. she doesn't know where she's going that's
2: fun though, i didn't book the hotel i don't plan she's I she's like
1: i'm here yep. um
2: they tell me, me when yeah they block my calendar and they tell me what I'm doing and when. Is
3: this hard for you? No, no, no.
2: Good. No, it's but it's just a, it's an odd range of you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle for everything. Like I like I'm like I'm I'm all about your itinerary, but at the same time I'm like I don't care, but I do
3: kind of thing. Well, my traveling companion always wants to plan everything, and he's a very good planner. But I think he would struggle with not being the planner.
2: Mm, mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. As long as someone's got it, I'm good. Yeah. Mm. It's just on our trips, I know um, there's never as much time as we think there will be. Mm -hmm. And we're flying into countries. Like, almost always, we're flying into countries we've never been in before. Yeah. So there are – some some countries have very strong guidelines for right. what's safe and yeah. for transportation or how right. to navigate. So that's how what I do all my research. How to make a phone call. How to yes. find
3: your hotel. Oh. There's so many yes. things. And I make sure the hotel numbers
2: yeah. have the right codes, you know, yep. country codes mm-hmm. and all that for all of us. So that's the kind of stuff. It's not like it's a every minute of every day, but it's like here's the hours we have in the day and here's some interesting things yeah hey oh i love that here's our transport time you know here's our checkout Mm
1: -hmm. time (laughs) and she'll be like okay we're going to be in um venice this is going on on this day this day this day we're going to be in this area so this could happen this could happen or this could happen we could try to fit all of it in or we could do
2: one thing whatever you want to do yeah it's kind of nice yeah so it's not like one of those you know we it's 2.01 and we said we'd be there. I am not, cause I, I have no sense of time at all. I'm more like, hey, we have actually this many hours and here's all the interesting things. Pick something. Pick two? Someone, <laughs> someone else pick, but here's, you know.
3: <laughs> the last time I was in Italy with a group of importers, there were several of us that arrived on the same flight.
2: And um, one
3: of them had no clue what was going on. So he was exhausted and confused. And no idea how to get anywhere. I mean, if oh, we hadn't see, scooped him no. up and taken oh. him with us, he – I don't know how he would have ever found the hotel. Oh, so sure. we we need guidance. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah I, well, I found it, especially with work travel, um, I found uh, landing – when you're landing in another country and you don't speak the language – you really need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. So, what I would do for work is I would actually print out the hotel name and address and phone number, but like in a big font, so that like it's a <laughs> half a sheet of paper all yeah. by itself. And I would just show them that
1: mm-hmm. yeah. in their language, and that yeah. always
2: worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jet lag saver. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And with our group, I just have it on the phone, and I bring it up and I show them, and it's we do good. Google Maps and love it. Mm-hmm. It's Lot. It we, does we got around pretty easy. Mm. It, I've never
1: had an issue, yeah. ever. I mean, we've had no issues. The only time Mike ever had like a really weird language barrier was when we were in Dublin. <laughs> 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 Somebody was talking well, we were trying to get our luggage to fit into a, a the trunk oh. of one of those mini cars, and this guy he's like trying to tell him, and I understood what he was saying because he was speaking English. <laughs> Um, but he, it was so fast and in a weird... And his accent was very, very, very strong, very thick. And Mike just stopped and looked at me. He's like, are you speaking English? <laughs> uh, I think his blood sugar was really low, too, at the time. So yeah. he was really oh pissy. But,
2: but
1: I, <laughs> It's fantastic.
2: I know. Yes, we learn things each time we travel. That yes. is the last time I've traveled with a full-size suitcase. Yeah, well, And oh, I, I doubt I will ever travel never with a full-size again. again. And I was pretty um, obnoxious about it on our Italy trip, Ask Angela. <laughs> I'm like, take a full size if you want, but I'm not waiting for you. If you don't fit into a cab, you don't do this. You're on your own. I will meet you there. Yeah, yep.
0: no, I took a, I took a traveler. Oh, she yeah. did, she and, did.
2: And, she was a trooper. And,
1: and there was one point where you're like, I'm so glad that you talked me oh, into this. Yeah, yeah. especially sure.
3: walking oh. through Venice. Well, yeah. you live with your luggage. It's oh, yeah. got to go with you everywhere, and mm-hmm. you better like it.
2: Heck yeah. <laughs> Well, what surprised me the most, though, so I actually wasn't surprised that Angela did a great job, um, you know, packing uh, into a a, a carry, a, the equivalent mm-hmm. cool of carry? a carry-on, right. oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds, yeah. Um, for that for that trip, but what I love the most is her next business trip. She messaged me. She's like, guess what? My suitcase was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> which was hilarious because some of the people i was with had the, like two like giant size suitcases and i am in my carry-on size for the a whole week. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Isn't that great though? Uh-huh. It's kind of freeing. So much more convenient, i know. Yeah. Oh. I spent a month Ugh. in Italy one time with just a carry-on size bag. Wow. So
0: very cool. lots a of laundry. Lot of planning. Yeah, yeah. A, lot a lot of a planning. lot of planning. Yeah, yep, yeah.
2: yeah. cuz and yeah, cautious laundry, but i i don't know, i agree. I find it very freeing. Going with a carry-on, I feel like I am more portable, I'm faster, I have Mm -hmm. less stress. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, the other thing, depending on how often you travel or where you travel – not every place is like the U.S. No. There are not escalators everywhere. Yeah. There, there are stairs. elevators everywhere. Right. Yeah. There are stairs. Mm-hmm. Whatever you brought, you had better be able to carry oh. and like up three flights of stairs. Oh. Mm-hmm. If you can't, mm. yeah. you might yeah. want to reconsider that.
1: Well, we were staying in Austria at the Saka Hotel. Now, this is an amazing hotel. Mm-hmm. It's ancient. It's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful buildings you'll ever see. And it was in, not Venice, but, oh my God. Vienna?
2: I, Vienna. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> too much I, talk of Venice today. <laughs> yes. Too much, too
1: much Venice. So we were in Vienna at the Saka Hotel and we're like, okay, we have our luggage. And they're like, you have to take stairs because this is an ancient building and you need
0: stairs (laughs) how many flights did you have do you remember oh we were
1: we were like three flights up okay it wasn't too bad and and they were tiny so mike had to like literally make himself smaller to get (laughs) it was hilarious so and that was the last time that we took large luggage Mm -hmm. so yeah that happened that was the last time for us Mm -hmm. hey but you know what we're talking about today Kids and little white lies.
2: <laughs> we
3: got off topic.
2: <laughs> so I liked our topic. Yeah, I hi, me too. <laughs> Apparently, I just I'm ready Top to real. pack and go somewhere yes. because you
3: sound
1: like just it. Just because, yeah. A vacation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah we, we mm-hmm. still need to plan a vacation. But anybody had problems with their kids lying? Oh well, yeah, they all lie. They do. <laughs> so when does it become too much though? Um. Wow. Or, or when do you notice when it becomes too much, and when do you need to intervene? Mine was so long ago, I don't remember.
0: And first of all, I think white lies can be okay sometimes. That might be controversial. Right. Little white lies, yeah. But yeah I, I think... don't think that's
3: controversial yeah. at all.
0: No. <laughs> it's it's how we navigate the social world that yes. we live in. Yeah, if, you, if you're if yeah. you avoiding hurting someone's feelings, right. I think mm-hmm. that would be a beneficial time to do a little white lie. I noticed and that. Actually, yeah. I think that was
2: a conversation mm-hmm. I had with Alex now that you said that. Um, I do believe that was how he described it. If... if Telling the absolute truth will do nothing but hurt someone's feelings, that's probably not necessary. That's right. when that's the what's what the white mm-hmm. lie is. That's the soft. There's no reason to be mean.
1: Right. Or just don't say anything. You or don't, ha- you don't anything. have to say anything, you yeah. know. Lying by omission. I don't know. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> when I first started dating Mike, um, I told him total honesty is stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want total honesty. <laughs> You know, yeah. If you think I look like shit, please don't tell me that.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and I mean, there are so many things that I don't need to know, or you don't need to know, and the important things we do know. So,
1: and you know, there are reasons why children lie. So I know from personal experience that children tend to lie to protect themselves, and it be and it be fear. It it becomes a fearful thing, and then the fear becomes a natural thing. So then everything becomes a fearful situation and you're constantly lying just so that you're protecting yourself in some way or another. And that is something that um, parents need to be aware of. So if you notice that your child is lying about everything consistently, there are a number of things that could be going on. There could be some kind of abuse that the parent might not be aware of. There could be um, bullying There could be, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of different things. So if your child starts to lie frequently – um, to the point where it's starting to cause problems for them, they cannot speak the truth for some reason. Mm-hmm. You have to really dig deep into what is possibly happening with your kid. I mean, are they being sexually abused? Are they being um, bullied? Are they being, you know, put in a situation where they feel like they need to protect themselves? And that's are something- they afraid of you? or are they afraid of you? So that's something to think about. But, I mean, there are other reasons. And Angela actually had this experience, too, with one of your kiddos. Mm -hmm. You want to tell us about it?
0: Well, yeah. I was actually – when you talked about lying, I was like, oh, it made me think of Kylie. (laughs) Poor Kylie if she's listening to the podcast. But I would tell her we would have this conversation Um, face-to-face. But I think some people have a disposition to lie naturally based on my experiences with humans. Um, (laughs) Zach's dad, I think, was a – natural just they just it's like a they don't even think about it
2: kind of more like a a, a Mm. storyteller or embellisher like Mm. some people Mm -hmm. just have a yes Everything a has a, yeah, a flare to it or a yep. over the top.
0: And I think that was part of Kylie's issue. And no matter what we did, I we tried many different ways to get her to stop lying. But it didn't work. And actually, it I was very sad. Sunshine and I just had a conversation where Sunshine got to see Kylie. And Kylie said something about me that absolutely wasn't true. And I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be 20 and it hasn't stopped yet.
1: <laughs>
0: uh But, yeah, so I don't – I feel like I don't have good advice for it Mm -hmm. other than, you know, just try to keep saying that it's not – like, it's not – we don't want them to
2: do more than the white lies. No. No. But But you think about the root cause. So in the example you gave, when you and I talked about it, Mm -hmm. we figured out kind of where where it came from. Where it stems from. from. Yes. And it made sense in context Mm -hmm. once we talked about it.
3: Well, what what I found with my kids was – I mean, they all had some white lies. They also told some whoppers. But Mm -hmm. I would – take them aside without anybody else around. Because sometimes lying is about not embarrassing yourself. Mm. And the conversation that I often had was, you know, if you feel like you need to lie, why? And you don't ever have to lie to me because I love you. I think you're perfect just the way you are. You know, Uh let's find a way to make this better together. And sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: I just came out into a situation. So my kids, they—they're one of those that doesn't like to lie, but I've noticed that especially um, Livy lately. You know, she's having a hard time with school right now, just because she's been in non-structured classes where she—they're like, "Here's your homework. Oh, I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. It's not that important." And so now she has a teacher that's like, no, it's very important that you're doing your homework and you need to do this. And I'm sending, you know, letters to your parents to let them know that you're not being, you know, you're not doing what you're need- needing to do. And, you know, I'll ask Livy, so, honey, did you do all your homework? Yes. And then I get a yellow slip from the teacher saying, Livy did not do her homework. And I went through that when I was a kid. And for me personally, it was because I – Thought school should be at school and home should be home. And I did not want to bring school home. And I'm pretty sure that's how <laughs> Livy is, too. So I'm like, you know what, kiddo? What we're going to do, this is how it's going to be. You're still at school when you walk through the door. You are not home yet. You have to finish your schoolwork. And then once your schoolwork's done, then you're home. And then we can relax and chill and do the rest. And then you have the rest of the night, and you don't have to worry about anything. So that is starting to help her out with that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that whole like, I I don't I don't know. Like, but on the other hand, there was a moment where um, she had to tell one of her friends something that was like making her upset. And I'm like, well, you know, you could just you know you could just give her a little white lie and tell her, you know, something else so it doesn't hurt her feelings. But then, you know, you'll try to kind of navigate around that situation. She's like, I don't, I don't like to lie, mommy. I don't, I don't like it. It makes me feel bad. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, then let's find another way to talk to your friend without hurting their feelings, but getting your feelings out too. And we, it was a really good conversation. But, you know, it's like one of those things where she doesn't like to do it, but she does it to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, your kiddos are very smart, and it's good that you're able to have those conversations. Yeah. And they're young enough that hopefully, you know, having those now is going to prevent issues like what I ended up having.
1: Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your, your um, Kylie had a lot of things that she had to deal with
0: mm-hmm. as
1: far as being in a household with, you know, you know, two different households. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, well, And technically three because she would spend time with her grandparents as well. Right. So right. a lot of
1: variables. So Very, there's a lot of yeah. variables. Um, and, you know, that, that breeds a feeling of being unsafe. Oh, for sure. So, I
0: don't question why she's done what she's done. Yeah. So, you know, and you <laughs> I can understand. Yeah,
1: I think it all comes mm-hmm. down to
0: if if the base need to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and yeah. Somebody said, I think it was you, about embarrassing, like t- mm-hmm. to oh. avoid being embarrassed. Yeah. Right cuz i think that might have been the most recent situation like or she not to be called out on something or to yeah yeah, yep. yeah. so i have another experience yes with this. i want to
3: hear this um and this is a teenage thing but I, and i used to make it very clear to my kids that they didn't have to tell me what was going on with their friends unless and well and that they could keep their friends secrets unless somebody was in danger right. <laughs> somebody could be hurt or something really bad could happen, and then you weren't allowed to keep that secret. And that was really important to me, that, you know, if a kid was talking about doing something bad to themselves, another adult needs to be looped into this, even though you promised not to tell. Yeah. Right. And, you know, when we talked about why that's important, and, and I think that that was pretty effective with my kids. Yeah. But we talked about it before it happened. Ah.
1: I hate this computer. Oh,
2: hey, it's still recording. (laughs) You have some edits to do there, dear. (laughs) Please keep that going.
3: (laughs) I
1: promise
2: not to tell about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we're good. mm -hmm. I think we had a great podcast. We did. Um, Next week, we are going to be talking about random weird wine that people are coming out with. Yes. Like weird creamy chocolate wine. (laughs)
0: I don't know. It's I just thing. hope it's not bad because I think it's gonna be tasty.
1: I know. And then, um, what is our, our topic gonna be about? Do we know?
0: I feel like we need to do something random. Just a random to, to go with the, with the random, random kid topic. We need a random topic. Yeah. Random. Just a
1: random kid topic. We're just going to show up and be like, hey, random. kids. Random Blah. kid or random house. <laughs> random house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe a random vacation. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Can we plan so. a
0: random vacation? <laughs> I would like to. All right,
1: listeners, thank you so much for spending time with us. We really enjoyed spending time with you, and we'll chat with you later. Bye. 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 This podcast was recorded in my hubby's man cave on the outskirts of Green Bay, Wisconsin. All of the Mommy Sippy Cup Happy Hour music was written by yours truly, with vocal accompaniment by my wonderful children. Many thanks to my co-hosts and sponsors of this show, Janelle Byer, Sunshine Hopped, and Angela Hain. Special thanks to Carolyn Shuffle for her expertise on wine and child rearing. None of the products mentioned on this podcast are sponsors of our show. We just talk about our favorite things. Please visit us on Instagram at Sippy Cup Happy Hour on Facebook at Mommy Sippy Cup Happy Hour or shoot us an email at F-O-U-R Moms Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, wait, wait. No, no, no. no. That's Mommy Sippy Cup.